Welcome to Millennial 641. I'm Andrew. I'm Laura. And I'm Pamela. We are releasing this on election day. Dun, dun, dun. So we're not going to get crazy political today because anything we say will be quickly outdated if we're talking about poll numbers and whatnot. We're going to try to have more fun than usual because we know everybody's stressed out, right? How are you two feeling? Uh, Stressed out is the right way to put it. Anxious, (laughs) maybe, I would say. Yeah, definitely. And just from like monitoring our Discord and our Facebook group and checking our email, I get the sense that Much of our audience feels the same way, and we will definitely touch on a couple of ongoing stories, but it's not going to be anything related to, as Andrew said, election polling or results or or any predictions or anything like that. What are y'all's plans for election night? What are you going to be doing? Where are you going to be sitting? What are you going to be eating and drinking? (laughs) Uh, I can tell you I'm going to day drink all day on election day. (laughs) Okay, what time? What time? Because I want to know when to text you. Bottoms up. Um, like probably starting at noon, to be <laughs> okay. honest. Um, and then I'll be, you know, patiently watching the results roll in when polls close at seven and probably continuing to drink most of the night. Yeah. So I mean, Laura, how many drinks do you think you're gonna have tomorrow? If you're starting at noon, you're gonna be up till midnight. I think it's gonna be I'm gonna pace myself. Remember that uh-huh. time when we did the shot challenge on the show and I had to take a shot every time I said Trump or something like that? Yeah, that was the worst episode of my life. You know mm-hmm. what, though? I drank water the whole time and I paced myself and that's the important thing. So I'll probably start in the morning with like a mimosa or mm-hmm. five um, <laughs> and then move on to some more appropriate afternoon drinks, maybe a nice like fall lager or something like that. And then in the evening, we're going to get out the hard stuff, you know, the liquor. (laughs) Um, We have a giant ass bottle of vodka from Costco that I know I'm going to be hitting pretty hard. Oh, yeah. I think we both know the one. (laughs) (laughs) When night falls, the hard liquor comes out (laughs) to play. What are you doing, Pam? Uh, Well, I feel like I should have followed Laura's lead and taken the day off of work. Uh, so I'll be working mm. and then and then I'll be drinking. And I also picked up a very large bottle of vodka from Costco. So um, I'll probably open that when we get started on our coverage. Yeah, which will probably we are going to be... be at least two hours too late, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh, I can't wait to wait to see Laura during our uh, Bay Hangout tomorrow. We are doing one for Bay Level patrons, 630 to 730 p.m. Eastern. That's going to be right when the first calls state-by-state calls may be announced. Some CNN projections. Stand by for a CNN projection. I, too, am... I've been thinking the whole week about, like, what am I going to overindulge in? I just want to eat, like, shit all night. So I'm debating between, like, four In-N-Out burgers or eight uh, cheesy gordita crunches from Del Taco or two Domino's pizzas, all for myself, by the way. Fuck Pat. I need to eat and eat and eat all night long. But then one of my friends had a great idea. He said, have a taco every time a steak goes to Biden. I'm like, oh, that's awesome. So I can just pace myself with tacos all night. (laughs) And then I had a better idea and said, take a shot every time Biden wins a state. I'm going to be shit faced. <laughs> I was going to make soup for dinner last night, but now I'm thinking that I should probably load up on the carbs instead. So maybe, maybe I'll do pizza oh, too. It's, it's soup call. season. It's getting a little bit colder out here <laughs> up in Northern yeah. California. So, right. 
And uh, I, I work for another podcast who normally records Tuesday and then releases Wednesday. And this whole time I've been like, fuck, I'm going to have to wake up Wednesday morning and edit. And, you know, I'm going to be hungover. So that's not going to be fun. But he told me earlier today, uh, we're actually not going to be recording Tuesday. So you don't have to edit oh, Wednesday. Lucky Lovely. You. God bless. <laughs> God bless. Yeah. So now I'm really going to get fucked up Tuesday Yeah, I definitely took time off work Monday through Wednesday of this week. I may or may not have requested that time like a year ago because I knew. (laughs) Yeah, you've been telling us about that for a while. Oh, yeah. You were smart. (laughs) You know, I don't like to encourage heavy drinking necessarily because obviously it's not particularly healthy. But my goal... Tomorrow's a special occasion, and my goal is to wake up Wednesday <laughs> and not know what happened Tuesday night. Not, I'm not talking about a blackout, or maybe I am describing a blackout. Yeah. So maybe that shouldn't be my goal, because I cannot black out again. That the last time that happened was really horrible. I just want to wake up Wednesday morning and be like, wait, what's the status again? I forget. And then have to check my phone. I just want to wake up Wednesday morning in a blue state. That's my fondest desire. (laughs) Neck and neck in Georgia, according to the polls. Yeah, it's really intense. And, you know, Andrew, you and I are both volunteering with uh, the Biden texting campaign. They have been like going after Georgia. Like, I feel like every time I go to pick up a new campaign, it's a Georgia campaign. I was calling Georgia voters for like five hours today. They are going all in on this. So it's pretty exciting to actually um, be a toss-up state in an election. Normally, nobody pays attention to us. It's crazy. Crazy. I'm feeling good, though, about our prospects. I'm feeling good about the presidency and flipping the Senate as well. (sighs) Just taking deep breaths. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and yep. just as a reminder, some of you may be listening to this as you're standing in line to vote. Remember that as long as you're in line before your polling place closes, they must let you vote. If you haven't mailed your absentee ballot yet, head to IWillVote.com and find your nearest secure Dropbox location. You do not have time to put that in the mail at this point. Um, and if you have any concerns or any questions that come up for you while you're waiting in line, reach out to the Voter Protection Hotline. Their number is 866-687-8683. Y'all, I was driving home yesterday and I witnessed one of these Trump caravans, like 150 big ass trucks deep. It just made me so sick. (laughs) And they were driving the opposite way. I was really tempted to just roll down my window and just give the whole line of them (laughs) my finger. But I was afraid somebody on my side of the highway might be a Trump fan and get a little mad at me. So I I also saw one of these. Really? Yesterday. And it's so unsettling to see it in the Bay Area, which is, you know, historically just this little liberal bubble. Yeah. And I did not see this personally, but there were reports on Twitter that they made a stop. I'm from Marin County, which is um, about 15 minutes north of the Golden Gate Bridge. And so I saw some reports from people that live in that area saying that they decided to drive through and then make a stop at um, a city that's historically predominantly black. And also historically um, low income. So I don't know if that was planned or what, but it just like it raised quite a few eyebrows that 
you know, they would out of all of the cities they could choose to make a pit stop, they they'd choose to roll through there specifically. It's scary to see these out there, but I think it's just these small groups of people who are talking on Facebook and like, let's meet at the Texaco station at 4 p.m. with our big ass trucks and our big Trump signs. You know, they get it together. It is intimidating, though. I don't think anybody should be in, should be comfortable with those groups of caravans it's it's just kind of like i'm sure that trucks are not the only car- like a lot of i see a lot of families in these in these caravans you know like Ew, in the cars really? and stuff and so i'm thinking to myself like you guys have at least two cars but you chose to come out with like this very big intimidating truck yes you know right so like there, there's a right. reason why you did that and like yep. if you feel like there's not then maybe you should like take a step back and think about what that looks like to other people yep these big strong trucks are gonna rise up and keep Trump in office. Well, and he's also encouraging them. Right. That's the scary thing. I mean, after the really big one in Texas where a Biden bus was like almost driven off the highway and a campaign staffer's car was hit, he was retweeting the video of this and saying, I love Texas. So it's, again, just another example of him encouraging people to go out and try to intimidate voters. Yeah. So let's do something stupid and mindless to get through today. Uh, this does relate to politics a little bit. For some reason, the New York Times wondered if you could tell if someone was a Trump supporter or a Biden supporter based on the inside of their their fridge, and they made a quiz out of it. So I thought we could play this quiz on air, and we'll describe what we see in these refrigerators for everybody who's uh, listening. So in this fridge... I think I see a Dyson bag of frozen chicken in the freezer. I see two tubs of Nestle Toll House cookie batter, one in the freezer and one in the fridge. I see a styrofoam cup in the fridge. That, to me, screams Trump supporter. Hey, I I have a drive-thru cup right here on me. I am not a Trump supporter. Way to ruin the environment, Laura. <laughs> no, but we see a lot of water. I see a Brita filter, but I also see like bottled water, which is weird. I don't know why you'd have both. Yeah, a jug of bottled water, I see, on the side. Now, is that is that almond milk on the side? Oh, yes. I think you're right. Yeah, that's uh, Ooh, looks the, like the, the nut juice label. Next to the Tupperware in the bill. Yeah. Mm, so, all right. And this, this... I feel like this is a toss-up fridge. <laughs> This is a toss-up fridge. (laughs) Maybe this fridge is an undecided voter. Uh, I'm going to say Trump supporter. That was my gut. Because it's also a mess and Trump supporters are messy. I'm just kidding, Trump supporting listeners. (laughs) Hey, I'm messy. I'm going to say Biden. Uh, I'm going to say Biden for the almond milk. (laughs) (laughs) Well reasoned. And you were right. It's a Biden fridge. There we go. All right. This is a much clearer photograph. We see some... uh, Mm -hmm. Looks like some cherries, orange juice, milk, orange juice, whipping cream. Uh, this is a keto diet, Yogurts. Yes. There's ma'am. like very well organized Tupperware. <laughs> so they're like keeping their leftovers and. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very well organized. Clearly not fridge. wasting food. Vitamin D milk, though. That's not something you Whole see milk. every day. <laughs> two, two things of eggs, two dozen eggs. This person likes to cook. And maybe like an egg casserole on yeah. top or something. Like a quiche, maybe. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say this feels Biden to me. Oh, I was going to say it's a Trump fridge. <laughs> All right, Laura, deciding vote. Oh, man. Ooh, 
I'll I'll say Biden because I think that thing on the top is a quiche. Okay, <laughs> and I just don't see Trump supporters making quiches. <laughs> That's too foreign, right? We were right. It's a Biden <laughs> right. fridge. Yeah. Okay. This is like a mini fridge. We got some Dannon. This is like minimalist living. Yeah. This person is not home often. Oh wait, but like they have what is that? Is that kombucha on the bottom shelf? Uh, mm, I don't think so. There's a Chobani bottle. There's not much in here to go off of. Yeah, but like active shakes, like some kind of energy shake. Yeah. Okay, so the, I feel like that's either for somebody that's old or mm-hmm. somebody that's like younger and into trendy stuff like probiotics. Yeah. What if it's a trick, though? Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like we're at the point in the game where they're going to throw us a curveball. Yeah. I guess I'll say Trump. I'll go out on a limb. Okay, well, let's go Trump and see what happens. Okay. Before we reveal the answer, it says, tap an object that suggests this is a Trump fridge. What the? Oh, my God. This quiz is tap crazy. on the probiotic, the Dannon at okay. the top. I don't know. That's like an old person thing. Oh, That's we were Biden wrong. Fridge. It was Biden. It's a Biden fridge. Well, all right. Okay, let's do like two more. So this one's a, a busy fridge. We got some coffee creamer, maybe a plate of cookies, maybe a jar of Chinese takeout. Yep. Maybe a jar of pickles. This looks like a college fridge. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, they have Ready Whip and a second thing of whipped cream. <laughs> off-brand version. <laughs> and two different coffee creamers. Yeah. Hmm. And some orange juice in the bottom right. And then like a pot This seems of like a roommate situation. That's what I'm saying. So... I think Biden. Me too. This is a Biden fridge. Is the New York Times fucking with us? They're all oh, Biden. Oh, nope. That what? was a Trump fridge. Damn it. Oh, man. Our score is 50%. Let's see if we can get a little higher. Oh, my God. So we've got some chocolate milk, some regular milk, plenty of eggs, Parmesan cheese, bottles of water, a pitcher of iced Uncovered tea. grapes. Uncovered. With like, with like crumpled up aluminum foil on top of them. Like somebody clearly Oh, but there's white claw at the point. bottom. Yes. Looks like maybe the cherry one, the white, black cherry. And Crisco lard. That's like a Southern thing. Ew, that was disgusting. (laughs) Pam's really good at this. I don't even see that. Yeah. I don't know what that looks like. It's on the bottom left-hand corner. Wow. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go with Trump for this one. Yeah, I agree. Me too. There's three things in here that are red. The the iced tea pitcher, the animal smoothie. (laughs) You're like, they're red, so it must be a Trump thing. It's Trump pride. They're buying these things because they're red. (laughs) Woohoo! Yeah. All right, so we can stop it there. Um, so we got 60% out of this five. That wasn't too bad. You know what? That We'd still pass. Hey, that's higher <laughs> than average voter turnout. So <laughs> we have a Laura's Rage of the Week coming up. And then we've got Rona Roundup and Trumpster Fire. Maybe for the last time, we're calling it Trumpster Fire. We've got a good confessional. We're also going to talk about Netflix. They're, they're raising the prices up. What the heck? But first, we've been raving about the benefits of CBD products for some time now. I fell in love with CBD oil because you get some of the effects of marijuana, but without the high. I hate the high. Not a high person. No, thank you. I'm bringing this up because this week's episode is sponsored by Hemp Bombs. Hemp Bombs creates every type of CBD product imaginable. You have the traditional oil drip. You have hand and body lotion. You have gummies. You have lip balm. You have pain freezers and even dog treats. CBD is wildly popular right now, and that's because it just works. 
My mom uses it for joint pain. I use it for anxiety and to sleep better. I also definitely use the oil for anxiety reduction. Um, But I've also used like the lip balms and lotions before, and they're very soothing. Mm -hmm. I use it to help me sleep. Uh, I've talked before about my insomnia, and it's just really helpful in terms of of helping me fall asleep a lot faster. Yeah, I really like the the hemp balms gummies too because they they have some melatonin in there yeah as well so it's it's like it's so nice so why should you use hemp bombs they make a range of excellent cbd products at great prices plus hemp bombs are the only cbd company that manages their entire supply chain from seed to sale so you can rest easy knowing that these products were made safely And they have some news. They just introduced a subscription and rewards program. You can sign up for a subscription of your favorite product to be automatically ordered and delivered to your door and save 20% every month. I'm so happy that they did this because you end up taking CBD in uh, any form nearly every day. So you know you're going to use a certain amount each month, but you don't want to forget to order new products. That sucks. Then you're out and you're high and dry. And then they have a new rewards program. You can earn points by buying products, following them on social media, writing reviews, and so much more. You can use these points for coupon redemptions and work your way towards gold status to earn even more rewards. You can earn 50 points just by signing up. And we've got a great discount for you on their products. Use code M-I-L-L radio. That's a little different. So pay attention. M-I-L-L radio for 30% off your hemp bombs order. Again, the code is M-I-L-L radio for 30% off your order. And once you move to the billing page, you will see that discount code applied. So it's time for Laura's Rage of the Week. I have been so pissed off lately by people who are traveling and bragging about it on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram during a pandemic when cases are higher than ever in the United States, specifically when they have to take a plane somewhere. And I've been seeing people who have clearly flown somewhere for a completely superfluous reason, posting pictures. I I saw a group of old friends in Maine. They flew from L.A. to Maine and they're taking a picture all together. There's like five or six of them. And meanwhile, these same people are like, damn, Trump's really mishandling COVID. I can't believe him. (laughs) Woo, let's party it up together. Have you guys seen this too? Yes. Mm -hmm. (sighs) Listen. I can't pretend to know everybody's individual circumstances. I think that there are certain really valid reasons why one might need to travel right now. Um, And it's just really unfortunate that there are people who maybe don't necessarily need to be going anywhere who are potentially exposing the people who have no choice but to get on that plane. Right. Right, exactly. You know, and like I said, you're going to have emergencies. This is I'm I'm what pisses me off is people who are taking these vacations on the other side of the country and having to fly somewhere. I'm cool with driving. You know, you're staying isolated. It's easy to avoid people out on the road when you're filling up your your tank or whatnot. But just like you know, we're seeing the daily cases climb and climb and climb and people just continue to pretend like nothing's happening. I think it's especially frustrating when like, not that it should be about any particular person, but I think everybody that is following the rules is making sacrifices to, you know, be safe. And so then to see so many people, sometimes people, you know, personally just decide that um, it's enough for other people to sacrifice, but like then they don't want to sacrifice. It's really disheartening. Um, And I think that like, honestly, 
it's probably going to bother me more and more coming like with the holidays coming up because yeah you know like we cannot go see grandma and grandpa right that's a thing i'm thinking of not going home for christmas for the first time in my life and meanwhile now i kind of feel like an idiot because these assholes are out there partying it up on the other side of the country yeah it also really sucks too when people act surprised i don't know if you guys have had this happen but when people act surprised that you're following any kind of safety protocols, CDC guidelines. Yeah. Um, Like I've literally found myself in situations where people are like, oh, like why, why? (laughs) And I'm like, do you not see what the fuck is happening right now? And it just really pisses me off because I'm like, what? Like how can you, it feels like we're living in two very distinct realities. Yep. One where like half of us or maybe less than half are really trying to be careful and and take care of ourselves and other people. And the other where people think that this just isn't a big deal. And the longer this goes on, the more it wears on us. right? Right. Like, and I think as you have this convergence of like election season and seasonal affective disorder and like all of these other things, plus a pandemic, it's just becoming a lot. Right. I was dying last week. Somebody I know and who I respect. She was in Joshua Tree last week and she was with like six, seven friends. And one of the captions she posts on Instagram, <laughs> unironically, she says in parentheses, also, don't worry, everyone got tested multiple times and isolated before this. Like, Fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> tested multiple times and isolated before the fucking that, that liars. That also implies as well that like everybody has access, equal access to testing. Yeah. And that includes the funds to do it. Right. Like obviously if you really wanted to, you could go out. Costco now has a test that you can buy for a hundred bucks. hundred fifty. Like, yeah. So how privileged like are you that you and your friends can go buy multiple covid tests at Costco for example to make sure that this happens or that like your insurance covers it and you have time to isolate it. yeah or like your county has it for free it's like it's so tone deaf and i i don't understand how people don't see that yeah there's been this meme going around that when you post the picture of you and your friends you include private island all tested negative multiple times wear a mask party emoji. i'm gonna post a picture right. of me and my dog and be like don't worry we're on a private island and we both test the negative multiple times for covid i just didn't the kardashians do something like this that ruffled some feathers oh, yeah. over the weekend yeah. kim rented out a private island for her birthday and said everybody isolated okay. for a couple weeks beforehand but this was after this meme that i just but shared. now chloe kardashian is tested positive for covid really i didn't know that i swear oh to god i saw god. that on, oh in a headline recently wow on twitter trending and you know what this also tells us people just cannot resist posting on social media they have to brag about their trip they can't keep it to themselves. Everybody, look at me. I went to Joshua Tree. I went to Maine during a pandemic. Fuck you. This has been Laura's Rage of the Week. <laughs> it's the same, too, with like all those YouTubers and social yeah. media stars and stuff like that. I hate to say like to discriminate against age, but it's mostly the younger people. And it's like there's no way that you guys all got tested or maybe you did get all get tested multiple times. It's just like not. It's probably a lie. It's not. What do you call it? Responsible when you know that you have younger uh, fans, you know, that now think that they can do the same thing with their friends. There's a school out here that it was it's a private school, to be fair. But there's a school out here that um, they decided to shut down because the kids, even though they were 
asked to stay socially distant at school. They found out that parents were still letting them go to sleepovers and that there were these like huge parties happening. And they were just like, why would you do that when we've done everything we can um, in good faith with like, you know, um, the county to make sure that you guys get to leave your houses and come to school? Like, why would you ruin that? You know, right. so like now you all have to go back to sitting behind a computer. Have fun for two weeks. Yep. Also, I mean, depending on where you live, access to testing may not necessarily be super easy. I was just no. looking the other day just for shits and giggles. I couldn't find anywhere within a 50 mile radius of me that could get me in for COVID testing if I had wanted to. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Griff, a few minutes ago in the Discord said, why is Andrew calling it Lars Rage of the Week when he's raging it's because the first time we did this segment it was laura's rage of the week and it's been funny to call it laura's rage of the week when i'm raging yeah. or if pam rages i wonder what that first segment was about i don't recall me too probably trump <laughs> oh maybe we'll have to go back and find it maybe your upstairs neighbors oh that's maybe true. it's time for the rona roundup slash trumpster fire 2020 I can tell Andrew does not enjoy playing those sound beds over I'm just, each other. I just hate to bring the mood down. That's all it is. Well, we'll get through this quickly. Well, down in my home state of Georgia, where we have a pretty contentious Senate race happening, um, Senator David Perdue actually pulled out of his third and final debate with John Ossoff, who's the Democratic challenger for the Senate seat. Um, he and John Ossoff had a very contentious second debate in which Ossoff nailed him to the wall. Let's listen. Well, perhaps Senator Perdue would have been able to respond properly to the COVID-19 pandemic if you hadn't been fending off multiple federal investigations for insider trading. It's not just that you're a crook, Senator. It's that you're attacking the health of the people that you represent. You did say COVID-19 was no deadlier than the flu. You did say there would be no significant uptick in cases. All the while, you were looking after your own assets and your own portfolio, and you did vote four times to end protections for pre-existing conditions. Four times. And the legislation that you tout, the PROTECT Act, it includes loopholes that specifically allow insurance companies to deny policies to Georgians with pre-existing conditions. Can you look down the camera and tell the people of this state why you voted four times to allow insurance companies to deny us health coverage because we may suffer from diabetes or heart disease or asthma or have cancer in remission. Why, Senator? Boom. He's so good. Um, I mean, obviously, Purdue is still favored in this election, but the polls have tightened up recently. So we'll see how this turns out. But um, I love John John Ossoff. Y'all re might remember him from 2018 yeah. when he was running against Karen Handel and actually did pretty well, even though he didn't win. Um, also, in recent history, the U.S. has surpassed 9 million coronavirus cases. Yay! Hooray! Let me go take a trip yeah, with my friends and brag about it. Number one. <laughs> We represent 4% of the global population and 20% of the global COVID cases. Yeah, that tells you everything you need to know in terms of the country's <laughs> handling of the pandemic. Right. Um, then Trump has also been pushing this you can change your vote narrative, 
Apparently, there's been an increase, or at least according to him, allegedly, there's been an increase in uh, Google searches around, can I change my vote? (laughs) (laughs) I'm here to answer your Google questions. (laughs) Yes, if you've decided that actually I am awesome, then you can change your vote. Well... So there are, there are a handful of states where you can change your vote, but it's quite a process. You have to like present yourself to your polling place present in order to nullify take it. Take me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you have to nullify your other vote. You have to sign affidavits, you know, and everything. And it's really not that many states where it can happen. But he's trying to push this narrative that anyone anywhere can very easily change their vote. And it's just not true. Also, I just... I don't think that he's in the best position to be even talking about that right yeah, now. Yeah, because if you could and people did, he probably would have been ousted two years ago, at least. <laughs> right, right. Um, and then finally, we just wanted to kind of amplify this story coming out of Texas. So the Texas Republican Party tried to get 127 um, thousand ballots thrown out from Harris County that encompasses Houston. It's a very heavily Democratic area. These were curbside votes, and curbside voting was allowed in Harris County because of concerns around COVID-19, but also accessibility concerns for people who might not be able to physically turn out to the polls or people who might not be eligible for like the traditional mail-in absentee ballot situation. And of course, the Republican Party tried to get all of these thrown out This was actually rejected by the state Supreme Court. So that was awesome. And then actually very recently, prior to the recording of this show, um, this also was raised to a federal challenge and a federal judge also denied denied it. So these 127,000 votes will count. But this is another example of a party that knows that they can only win by disenfranchising people and by cheating. And we see all these challenges about votes that come in after Election Day. It's truly unbelievable. How could you possibly stand for this if you're in the Republican Party? It's so blatant. It's so obvious what they're doing. Mm -hmm. I mean, they don't care anymore. Yep. They know they're being blatant. They just don't care. They're desperate. Um because they recognize whether it's this election or one, two years from now or four years from now, if we have a fair and free election, they'll lose. That's what they're most afraid of. Mm -hmm. I think we're finished speaking about the election and politics for the remainder of the episode. So (sighs) farewell, Trumpster fire. (laughs) I mean, we will still have the segment because he's in office till January or maybe four more years. We'll see. But That's that. Get your big vodka bottles ready. Okay, it's time for a confessional. I am 16 from Seattle, Washington, and I'll be applying to colleges next year, and my parents are putting a lot of pressure on me to get into Ivy League schools. Personally, I want to go to UW or a UC school as I feel like I vibe well with the cities and campuses. But my immigrant parents see East Coast elite schools as the be-all and end-all of education. I will apply to these schools, and of course, it would be nice if I got accepted to an Ivy League college. However, I feel like I would be letting them down if I didn't get in, and even if I did get in, I wouldn't want to be burdened by student loans for years after I graduate, as I'm not sure if the name brand of a prestigious, air quotes, school is worth the thousands of extra tuition dollars my parents or I will have to pay. 
Obviously, I won't know where I am accepted to until next year, but do you have any wise advice to give as millennials to a Gen Zer like myself? Well, welcome, Gen Zer, to the podcast. Yeah. I, maybe you've been listening for a while, but um, that's really great to hear that you're listening. Yeah, it's and I first of all, I feel really like humbled that you wanted to reach out and get our take on this because mm-hmm. I know deciding what college to go to is, you know, it's a crazy time for you. You're going through a lot of life changes and you're having to make a decision about where you're going to pursue your higher education and what coast you're going to do it on. That's a really big choice. I am probably not going to provide you with like the clearest answer that you would want. Um, I feel like this is a very nuanced decision And the reason I say that is because I have experiences both at a non-Ivy League school and at an Ivy League school. I pursued my undergraduate degree at a small private liberal arts college that no one has ever heard of. I got a great (laughs) education there, and I really enjoyed and valued my experience there. I received my master's degree from Columbia University, and I cannot say on a personal level that I enjoyed that experience as much. Obviously, part of that is being in grad school. Grad school is fucking rough. Um, But I honestly feel like I had better attention at the smaller school than I did at the Ivy League school. Um, My experience at Columbia was that it felt kind of like a sink or swim environment. And that's not to say that it would feel that way for you. You might be a different kind of student than I am. Um, But it sounds like, based on your hesitancy, that you might be aware of some of the issues that you might encounter at one type of school versus another. So I would say keep your options open is always your best bet. But see if you can convince your parents to do a trade-off with you. Say like, hey, let's go tour an Ivy League school. As long as you'll come tour UW mm. with me or a UC school, just so that we can get a comparison of both of those things, because your parents love you. I mean, based on how, you know, based on the level of pressure here, I'm assuming it's because they want the best for you. If they see you touring a school and they see you in an environment that you really like, I have a feeling that you might get a little bit more of that support that you've been looking for, whether it's an Ivy League school or not. Also, um, if you have like a trusted guidance counselor or a trusted teacher, those would also be great people to confide in about this because they can also help you um, with some of the tools you might need to navigate those conversations because I know that pressure can be tough. Um, but that that's my experience. I don't think that an Ivy League education is superior in any way to the education that you can get somewhere else. Um, I think that is a myth. (laughs) Um, So it really just depends on the experience you're looking to get. And at the end of the day, it is your debt, right? If you're taking out student loans, it is yours. So that's also something to bear in mind. I don't know, Pam, Andrew, if you have anything to add to my monologue, I, I would say maybe one way you could get your parents to look at it differently is perhaps if you kind of sort of have an idea of what you'd like to major in when you get to whatever school you go to, 
you could present it by saying, I know that you want me to go to an Ivy League school, but like if I if I'm in this city and maybe that city is either near UW or at whatever UC you want to go to, you can say like, I, I have a better shot of getting internships in this field that I want to go into. Um, or I have a better chance of getting jobs uh, after I graduate if I'm already in this city because like this UC has a good relationship with like these companies that are all entry level for my position. Um, so that is definitely something that I wish I would have thought of before I picked a school that I'm go- that I ended up going to. And I know that that's something that my brother wishes he well, he wishes he had thought of it the first time. And his second go around at university, now he's at Portland State, he's happy that he researched a school um, in a city that catered to the career he wants after. And he's had much better luck with opportunities, you know, outside of university for that reason. Um, Like Laura, I don't think the extra debt is worth it. If I could go back and redo it, I would have honestly done my undergrad at a community college and then transferred over to, you know, accrue a little less debt. That's, um, you know, everybody's personal preference, especially if you don't know what you want to do yet. We hear so, about the debt regret a lot, I think, from people our age. They hate that they're bogged down with this and they're not sure if grad school or, in in your case, potentially confessional writer, uh, Ivy League school is worth it. I mean, the only other thing that I have to add, I have to add is the um, dropout perspective. <laughs> I, I made it two or three years through college and then I decided that what I'm doing online, I can pursue. And it's it's worked out well for the past. It's We're coming up on like 10 years since I dropped out. I'm not like proud of it or anything because, you know, one day it could all come crashing down and then I might regret not having a degree. But I will say that over the years, it's become less and less important to have a degree to make it in a lot of fields. I mean, it used to be like, you want a job? Go to college. And there's not that requirement anymore as often as there once was. So you're obviously set on going to college and that's fantastic. But to anybody else who might be thinking about college and might have a different career path in mind to think about how much you want to spend in college, um, like this confessional writer is and weigh if it's, it's really worth it or not. I mean, the internet's changed everything. That's, that's the only reason why I was able to drop out. It can help a lot to have a recognized school on Mm -hmm. your resume, but that's not the only way to have doors open for you. Like I, I've um, I've worked with and interned with a lot of larger um, outlets. And like, am I the only person that went to a state school for the most part? Yeah. But like, I still got to work there. Mm-hmm. You know, like you can open your own doors um, and you seem really smart. So, I, I mean, like you, you can definitely do it without, you know, having something like Harvard on your resume. It might take a couple of extra steps, but but there's no reason why you can't. And I'll be honest with you, I've uh, in my career since I graduated, like I've had several different kinds of job interviews and pretty much across the board, people care way more 
about seeing the podcast on my resume than they do about my Ivy League degree. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. they'll see that and they'll be like, oh, that's nice. But wait, you've been podcasting for 15 years? Tell me about yeah. that. And it's not just podcasting. It's just something to make you stand out. It's some background yeah. experience yeah. that separates you from everybody else. I still get asked, asked about Twilight stuff when I go into interview. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. it's fun. Like, it's different. Yeah. I mean... It, it could be anything. Yeah. Maybe they'll ask you about like your bowling hobby or something. I don't know if you bowl, but you know. Right. Or like if they see you've been very involved in a lot of extracurricular activities or maybe not a lot necessarily, but just a couple that could help you stand out as well. And it shows mm-hmm. that you're do you're trying to do other things in life other than just studying. Yeah. And really, there's, you know, none of this is any of us saying you know, going to an Ivy League school is right or not right. Only you can decide that. Right. And I think that, you know, anyone can have a very enriching academic experience anywhere, as long oh, as it's yeah. a good fit for them, which is why I think it's important, you know, go tour a, a good variety of schools. See if you can sit in on a classes, see if you can reach out to a student who's in the department that you're interested in being in and have an hour, you know, or a half hour conversation with them. That was something I did when I was applying for schools to kind of get a vibe from people who were already doing it. Yeah. About the quality of the program. Do those things. And from there, I think you'll have a better idea of what you think the right fit is going to be. One more point on what Laura just said, Uh, you know, like the campus and the whole environment, like my year in community college Fullerton College, in case you want to check that school out, <laughs> was one of the best, was one of my best schooling years of my life. I loved the campus. I loved the teachers. I loved the courses. And it was community college. Where I was paying barely anything. One of my favorite teachers ever, probably my favorite teacher ever, was at that school. He changed my life in uh, interpersonal communications. Just a phenomenal person. It is crazy how that can change, though, because when, when I was applying, we took a trip down the coast. Like and basically went. My mom took me to almost every university in California that I was interested in, obviously. And there were some schools where we would like be in the parking lot, and I'd go, "No, that's not it. That's not the school. I don't want to. <laughs> like I don't want to get lot. off." And she'd be like, "Just go stand by the sign at least, and like see if you change your mind." <laughs> really, so she could take a picture of me in front of the sign, um, in case I decided to go there. And I'd be like, "No, mom, this is this is not the school. Like, I I it, I don't feel it." And we yeah. would just get back in the car and go to the next one. Yeah. Um, but sometimes that's all it takes. And you never know. Yeah. Maybe you'll fall in love with something on the East Coast and it'll just completely change your perspective. Yeah. You'll just have some feeling deep within you. Like, wow, I really like the vibe here. I can yeah. see myself here. So um, a few weeks ago, I recommended refreshing your space ahead of winter with coronavirus cases on the rise and and cold weather coming. You want your space to be cozy and inviting and make you happy. One way to do that may be adding a new photo or photos to your wall, and that's where this week's sponsor, FrameBridge, comes in. FrameBridge makes it easier and more affordable than ever to frame your favorite things without ever leaving your house. From art prints and posters to the photos sitting on your phone, you can FrameBridge just about anything. Just go to FrameBridge.com and upload your photo, or they'll send you packaging to safely mail in your physical pieces like diplomas or concert tickets preview your item online in dozens of frame styles and gallery wall layouts choose your favorite or get free recommendations from their talented designers and then the experts at framebridge will custom frame your item and deliver your finished piece straight to you or anyone on your shopping list 
A handcrafted personalized gift from Framebridge starts at $39 and all shipping is free. Plus, our listeners will get 15% off their first order at framebridge.com when they use our code MILLENNIAL. I've hung up two pieces from Framebridge. I am loving them. I love admiring them every day. What really sets them apart are the frames. They have some awesome frames. You go to the store, they've just got the boring generic stuff. I got a couple really earthy wooden frames that complement my space really well. So I love seeing them every day. Get started today, frame your photos or send someone the perfect gift. Go to framebridge.com and use promo code millennial to save an additional 15% off your first order. Just go to framebridge.com, promo code millennial. Again, framebridge.com, promo code millennial. Make sure you use that code so they know that we sent you. Yeah, and you better use that code to save some money because then you can put that extra money towards your Netflix subscription. What a transition. Netflix is gearing up to raise its prices for U.S. subscribers. So if you're in the U.S., um, listen up because this is how things are going to change. It's not that bad, but you know... Sometimes every dollar counts, so it's good to keep this in mind. So this is going to be effective immediately for new subscribers, but it's set to roll out over the course of the next few weeks for existing subscribers. They will be sending out email notifications so that you'll know 30 days beforehand when the price is set to hike for you. So the standard plan is now going to be $14, up $1 from $13, and the premium tier will be $18, up from $16. The basic plan is going to stay unchanged at $9 a month. So if you have that, you don't have to worry. The last time Netflix raised fees in the U.S. was back in January 2019, so a little over a year ago. Uh, The last price hike was a little bit higher. It was actually a $2 increase for both standard and premium plans and a $1 increase for basic. Uh, They roll out their increases country to country. So if you're not in the U.S., that doesn't necessarily mean that your region will see a price hike just because the U.S. is seeing a bit of a price hike. Um, The last country to get their fees increased was uh, Canada, and they also had theirs raised earlier this year. So Netflix said that the reason they're doing this is so that they can continue to offer more variety of TV shows and films. They've definitely been upping the game. Um, But obviously, you know, they're still kind of the top dog in this game, despite the fact that the market is more oversaturated than it's ever been. Yeah. I didn't put this question in here, but I'm curious about which plan you guys have, because I think we all pay for Netflix, right? Well, yeah, I have the premium tier, yeah. and it's not so much that it's going up $2 a month. It's that it's now close to $20. Yeah, that is it's a lot. more than any other s- subscription service. I mean, you're getting up to like porn site prices, <laughs> <laughs> 18 to $20. I mean, it's just crazy. Just a clarifying question. The premium tier is the one with HD streaming, right? 4K. Yes. 4K. The, yeah, 4K. Yeah, the 4K. Excuse yeah. me. Yeah. Yeah. Then that's that's what I have too. And <sighs> you like have to have it because if you have a 4K TV, you're like, why do yeah. I have this 4K TV if I'm not paying for 4K Netflix? Yeah, so we don't have a 4K TV, um, and so we're doing the standard plan still. Well, and then the other big factor is that on standard, two people can be streaming at the same time, whereas premium is four. And if you're sharing it with a family, you know, family, like I share it with my brother, sister, and parents. So at least two of us are probably using it any given night, maybe more than that. So premium is worth it to me. But still... Close yeah, to 20. Know. You know, meanwhile, Disney Plus is what, $7 a month? 
and they will raise it, of course. But yeah, my whole thing, too, is like I- I'm a little bit salty, but like for the amount of stuff that Netflix has canceled and like specifically <laughs> this year for the amount of stuff that they have canceled, even though they had said they were going to renew it. Like, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, clearly you were already well, thinking about getting some money back in. So why not just make like. I don't know, glow season five or whatever they're on. You know, it's kind of like a shitty move to be like, we don't have money and the pandemic has like caused prices to hike and like we've gotten everything pushed back. It's like, yeah, but you already knew you were going to raise the fees. Yeah. And they do have a lot of good stuff, of course, but there's also so much shit. And it's like you're raising Mm -hmm. the prices when, you know, it'd be one thing if everything on there was amazing. Like it used to be in the early days, you know, they were a lot more picky about what they would greenlight. But now it's just they throw everything at the wall to see what sticks no matter what. Because even if they release something really, really, really bad, Netflix is so big that a sizable number of people are still going to watch it way more than would watch it on cable television. Yeah, I think... It's going to be interesting to see how this evolves over time because I know at least in our household, we kind of rotate through streaming services like we don't have them all at any given time. So like HBO has been one that we have inconsistently and we'll only like resubscribe to it when we know there's something on there we want to watch. It's like recently we resubscribed to it so we could watch Lovecraft Country But once we're done with that, we're probably going to cancel that subscription. And I wonder if Netflix is going to start going that route. Um, Because Netflix was always kind of like the basic bread and butter. Like it had a little bit of everything for the most part. But Pam is right. You know, it doesn't have as great of a collection that it once did. And with all of these other streamers out there, I mean, like Prime Video, for example, I found myself watching more stuff on Prime Video in the last year than I used to. Mm. So, yeah, I mean, maybe in the next couple of years, Netflix becomes that service I only subscribe to when I know there's something there I want to see. And I wonder, too, if that's going to change their um, strategy, because right now everything drops on one day. So technically, you could subscribe to Netflix for a month. You know, and watch, you know, I think that right now they're probably releasing at least four original series a month, if not more. There's like, you know, quite a few titles that drop every Friday on there. So, I mean, if that's a trend, I I wouldn't be surprised if maybe they, they start seeing about releasing episodes once a week, kind of like they do with some of the things they license, like Bake Off, because that's the thing about HBO, like, before when everybody was just subscribing during Game of Thrones season, for example, you were tied to that subscription for a couple of months. Right. So that's the difference there. They really need to switch to weekly and not just to get you, but it's nice to have some good shows to look forward to week to week, especially the past few years. And we're going to talk about The Mandalorian in a second, but I love that it's on a weekly schedule. I'm subscribed to everything right now. You... Uh, not YouTube, uh, Netflix, Hulu, Disney Plus, and of course, Amazon. But you can't really cancel Amazon because you still use them for the prime shipping. Right. Um, but I think I'm going to cancel Hulu because I don't watch anything on there. It's nice that you can watch uh, network television, but I also have YouTube TV because I like watching live TV and I don't have a traditional cable box. So I stream YouTube YouTube TV. But YouTube TV now is like $50, $60 a month. But it is a really good service. It's very reliable. It includes a digital DVR, which I like. Um, so yeah, but this is getting crazy. I think one of the answers for everybody is to just 
start sharing subscriptions more. You know, because when you split these subscriptions between four people, it's going to be very, very affordable per person. Yeah, and that's what we do as well. Like, my brother and I will just kind of divvy it up and Mm -hmm. figure it out. And it definitely makes things a lot more economically friendly. Um, I think that we talked a bit about cutting back and and how we would. Uh, But I wanted to know if Netflix is still our go-to streaming site. Like, is that the place that we go first when we're looking for something to watch? Or are we gravitating towards something else right now? I'm so lost in the streaming world. I can never decide what to watch (laughs) anymore. There's too many options. I I really, I sit there for so long and I'm like, fuck it. I'm going over to YouTube TV and just watching Shark Tank for the billionth time. Because it's too stressful. That's me too. I spend like two hours going through everything I might want to watch on every platform that we have. Yeah. And then I get so overwhelmed that I turn on the same thing. Yeah. It's and then I end up watching the same show like six times. I would rather watch an episode of Shark Tank or Undercover Boss 10 times than, than have to pick through the massive libraries of Netflix, etc. Usually what I do is I know exactly what I want to watch and then I just Google where can I watch Mm -hmm. whatever show or movie? And then I'll take my cues from there. The other thing that stresses me out is that everybody has recommendations. Oh, you got to watch this. You got to watch that. You got to watch this. I'm like, everybody's telling me to watch everything. I don't know what to start with. What if I don't like it? And then I just end up watching none of them. Unless it's like, you know, it takes over Twitter, like Tiger King. I don't know why I've done this, but like (laughs) specifically for Netflix shows, um, I've started like watching them and then just not finishing them oh that must drive you crazy yeah it does and it's just there's no reason why it's not like they're bad shows but i just like (laughs) i don't know what it is maybe it's because like i've been burned too many times they just keep canceling everything (laughs) just think to myself you know what maybe it's not even worth it to like end up on a cliffhanger but Mm-hmm. Like I started that show cursed because, you know, Arthurian legend, I'm into that shit. And <laughs> I did not watch the last two episodes. Oh. Um, same with The Witcher, even though I know that's coming back. Oh. Uh, those are just like two examples, but I'm sure there's more. Even with two episodes remaining, you still didn't complete yes, it? I, thought you I meant don't like, know what's wrong with me. I have yeah, a problem. That is a bit of a problem. I thought you like you watched an episode or two and then you were like bored. So you no, were no, out. No, I'll, I'll watch like 80% of the show and then just Oh my stop. gosh. That is str- like you don't want them to end. Maybe That's what subconsciously, a ther- yeah. <laughs> well, on a related note, so The Mandalorian on Disney Plus premiered uh, on Friday. New episodes every Friday. You get just one at a time. I, you know, as good as ever. Cute new uh, Baby Yoda GIF opportunities in uh, the episode. I really like this show because it is, uh, to me, it feels like very classic Star Wars. It's a basic morality tale. It's not a super complicated plot. Very, you know, straightforward. Um, And it's just a space Western. And it's fun escapism. The episodes aren't too long. I think the first episode of this season was maybe a little longer than what they typically are. They're usually in the 40-ish minute range. Um, But I really love the new episode. Um, there's some good casting going on. The writing is still sharp. And it was some great escapism. I phone banked for like five fucking hours today. And when I finished, I watched that episode of The Mandalorian before the show so that we could talk about it today. Mm-hmm. Um, and like without releasing any spoilers or anything, it was just a lot of fun. It's easy. 
And I feel like we all need something kind of easy right now, right? And like you said a couple minutes ago, it's simple. I really like that. I feel like Game of Thrones was kind of the same way. Like each episode felt, at least in The Mandalorian, very self-contained. Like this one, there was a big A plot and that was pretty much it. I, I really like that about The Mandalorian. I like um, what I like about it is that it's really easy to digest if you're just a casual fan. But you can tell that they put a lot of thought and care into crafting the stories and like deciding where their locations are going to be because there's just so many fun nods in there as well for people that are like maybe a bit more hardcore on the Star Wars lore. And it's just really cool that, that. that you can just like jump in and be excited about this one thing without maybe knowing a lot of like the history behind some of the stuff. Before we get to more recommendations today, between constant news about the pandemic and now the election, there's a lot to be anxious about. If you're feeling overwhelmed, I'm right there with you. I think uh, all of us are. And that's why I'm happy to say that this week's episode is sponsored by Talkspace. Talkspace is on a mission to make therapy affordable and accessible for all because we all need extra support to feel our best. Talkspace has thousands of licensed therapists trained in over 40 specialties, including anxiety, depression, relationships, and more. No matter what you need help with, Talkspace will find you the perfect therapist for your goals. Talkspace is a fraction of the cost of in-person therapy. Instead of waiting for an appointment, you can send unlimited messages to your therapist 24-7 and they will engage daily, five days a week. This is what I love most about it. It feels like I have a friend always waiting in one of my Chrome tabs. And now Talkspace covers 40 million people for online therapy through their insurance or employer. Yeah, I actually stumbled across this recently and was able to enter my insurance and get signed up. It was super easy. And here's a message from Demi Lovato. Hi, it's Demi Lovato. Therapy helped me release my voice and find freedom, an inner freedom that I've been looking for from a very young age. You know my voice from years ago, but there was another voice you never heard on camera or through my music. That voice held me back. My journey with therapy has flipped the script by silencing that voice and empowering this voice, my voice. Take the first step towards feeling better and go to Talkspace.com and connect to a licensed therapist today. The singer of Cool for the Summer on our podcast. Oh, my God. <laughs> I wonder if she used the millennial code. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> the bottom line is that we all need someone to talk to. Talkspace wants to give us the support we deserve at a price we can afford. As a listener of this podcast, you get $100 off your first month on Talkspace. To match with your perfect therapist, go to Talkspace.com or download the app. Make sure to use the code M-I-L-L to get $100 off your first month and show your support for the show. That's M-I-L-L and Talkspace.com. And we also wanted to wrap the show by mentioning that this episode was sponsored by listeners like you. It means so much to us here at Millennial to have your support because it allows us to make time for the show that we love week to week, even in the middle of election season, anxiety and jitters. And if you're interested in supporting the show, there's tons of great bonus content available exclusively at patreon.com slash millennial. We're talking our flagship benefit after dark, the millennial variety show, our discord where you can chat with us and your fellow patrons access to our live recording studio every week, and so much more. And even if you're not in the place to part with your hard-earned dollars, you can still support the show by subscribing to us for free on your favorite podcasting app and leaving a review. 
We know it's been a rough year and we are so appreciative for your support, financial or otherwise. And we also wanted to give a shout out to our latest patrons. They are Jamie, Laura, Kath, Claudia, Ashley, Kylie, and Dana. Welcome, guys. We're so glad to have you. Yeah, thank you for joining us. Okay, it's time for recommendations. I would like to recommend a new slash old game for Nintendo Switch. Uh, People may have heard of the Pikmin franchise before. Basically, you're this astronaut on this foreign planet. And you are using these adorable little Pikmin creatures, not to be confused with Pokemon, uh, to take care of tasks around the Earth. And Pikmin 3 was actually released for Wii U, but nobody bought Wii U. So Nintendo has been bringing all those Wii U games over to the Nintendo Switch. And Pikmin 3 is the latest port. So it's a really nice game. It's peaceful. It's challenging. There's some cool multiplayer modes going on. And it's a beautiful game. So if you want another classic Nintendo Nintendo title, check out Pikmin 3. I would like to recommend something that I bought (laughs) through Facebook. I saw an ad for it on Facebook. (laughs) It's Nail Boo. Anybody who is obsessed with like buying nail products has probably seen this in their feed. Um, It's basically nail dipping powder that is the same as the SNS powder that you might be used to seeing at your nail salon. I am personally not comfortable going to get my nails done right now because of the pandemic. So I thought, what the hell? I'll give Nail Boo a try and see if nail dipping powder works in the comfort of my home. And it does. Um, So I don't know if y'all can see my nails, um, but I'm really happy with how they came out. And the colors are really good. It's super easy to do. The first time you do it, like you'll learn the finesses of how to make sure you don't put it on too thick. Um, but you'll pick it up really quickly. I'm a big fan of this stuff, and I'm actually getting ready to order some more colors because I need some variety in my life. Nice. I did not think my recommendation through this week because we just spent like 20 minutes dunking on Netflix, and I have a Netflix recommendation. <laughs> no, that's it's okay. So Give people a reason to spend $20 yeah, a month. It's actually kind of hilarious. Um, So I wanted to recommend The Queen's Gambit, which is a mini series that dropped, I think, last week or two weeks ago. It's only seven episodes long, so that's kind of nice because low commitment. Um, It's set in the 1960s in the United States, and Anya Taylor-Joy, who some of you will likely remember from Emma I think that was like the last big movie that she did uh, plays this character named Beth Harmon she's orphaned at nine and that's when she discovers the game of chess and she is like really good at it a child prodigy and so then she decides she wants to be the best player in the game and um, it gets kind of dark she struggles with a lot of emotional issues and also drug and alcohol dependency but it's super good and i just really like the way that it's shot and it's super riveting so i would recommend that if you're looking for a good drama to sink your teeth into okay cool if you have any feedback about today's episode you can email millennialshow at gmail.com or use the contact form on millennialshow.com and don't forget we have our confessional there as well and follow us on social media we are millennial show on instagram twitter and facebook like i said last week keep an eye on our twitter in particular throughout election week we'll be retweeting important news you might need to see and uh, we'll be commenting on what is going on on election night What are we doing in After Dark today? We're going to play the higher lower game. It's a Google game. It's been around for a couple of years. So some of you might be familiar. And basically, it gives you two topics and you have to decide which one was Googled more. This is right up my alley and I've never heard of this. So I'm looking forward to playing this actually. Yeah, it should be fun. Cool. 
All right. Thank you, everybody, for listening to today's episode. Good night and good luck. I'm Andrew. I'm Laura. And I'm Pamela. Wow. Laura was like, I'm Laura. Vote. (laughs) Tentative. I'm Laura. Hopefully, you're still Laura by next week. Bye, everybody. Bye. Shot. I am not throwing away my shot. Hey, yo, I'm just like my country. I'm young, scrappy, and hungry, and I'm not throwing.